<laughs> reminds me of the case with the uh, donuts. Tell them about, remember that? Oh, shit. <laughs> we had this big homicide in the 2-3, and um, Captain Eunuch. Yeah. Captain Eunuch, she's a sweetheart. She, but we were like rocking all we night. We were rocking. We were there for days. The she brings in like two or three dozen donuts, right? So who comes walking in? Because we're making headway in the kitchen. Chief Ali with his bucket, his driver. Uh-huh. You know. So his driver, in his words, his, his driver got, has his dick beaters right into the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like laughing. We're going, you see Ali's driver? And this, this is the chief of detectives. And he goes, yeah, his dick beaters were in the donuts. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it pissed me off because we're there working for like a day and a half on this case. Donuts like a fucking. Yeah, this guy comes out of the blue and he's got his dick beater in there grabbing a fucking uh, a like Krispy Kreme. Like the, like the Michelin man. So he's in there with his. As soon as he walked in the door, he went right to the box of donuts. Captain Eunuch was getting pissed at us because we're like goofing on the chief's driver, you know? And we're laughing hysterically. Did you see that little bucket? He's got his dick beaters in the donuts. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, funny. we embarrassed the shit out of that oh guy. Oh, my that God. That was funny. <laughs> I never heard that term before. <laughs> All right, we're back, man. We're back for two. Detective Pat. Uh, we got my beer. You know something? It's Andrew, our engineer's birthday. He's yeah. 33 today. Right? Pro- 33 years old. Hey, Andrew. Happy birthday, broke out, brother. Broke out a few beers, and Detective Pat can smell beer. <laughs> he went by my garage, and he was like, is there a refrigerator in there? And he's, got, he's, he's, got PBRs. he's got PBRs. He's got PBRs in there. I never heard that Pap's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> PBRs. He's got a case he's got, he's got, It's like the police department. He's got a code word. He's got an acronym for everything. <laughs> hey, you got PBRs in there? It's a big hipster beer. Yeah, you never heard of PBRs? Yeah, it's cheap. Where you been, I don't, bro? I don't. My son drinks that shit. I don't oh. drink PBRs. <laughs> I don't drink them either. But they used to be cheap. What was that place on? Very cheap. On Third Avenue, we used to go to Brother Jimmy's. Brother Jimmy's. Yeah. They were cheap. They were like a dollar a can. Perhaps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, like if you go to a bar and you get like a, a domestic beer, it's six bucks. You get a PBR. They got a special. Like, that only food. happens to me once, though. Then I'm outy. What's that? I go to a bar at six bucks. I'm going to the VFW or the American Legion. <laughs> it's a dollar fifty. They got they got a picture of him at certain bars in New York City on the wall. Yeah. Beware of this man. <laughs> Do it's not like, fall for his stories. Well, Marty O's was good. Remember Marty O's? Twenty on the wood made you feel good. You put. I went there one night. Twenty on the wood. You're good all night. The owners loved us, right? Uh. Until so he's I, tried to take change of no, the 20 when he that left. That happened to a guy I brought there. He goes at the end of, you know, he was only there for like two hours. I was there for like six. But when he was leaving, <laughs> he was like trying to grab $10 off the pile. I go, dude, are you kidding me? You've been here for two hours drinking. You drank about eight beers and you're ready you're to take, take your, your 20 You back? want to take $10 off of that? Uh-huh. Come on, man. See you later. I'll That's be back in an hour. Right? That's how you ruin a contract. Right? Yeah. The contract Somebody's, has to be good for everyone involved, including the bartender. Somebody always well, has to mess you know? it up. You know how you ruin a contract, too, when you burn the guy out? Oh, yeah. Like when you give up your spot and then he's there the next day, I'm there. Oh, yeah, you can't I'm do that. I'm going there off duty with my wife and kids, you know? <laughs> no, a guy actually did that. Yeah, that I know. That's true, man. That's, he went that's to a spot, and the guy lived in Suffolk County. He went to a spot up in the 3-4 off duty with his wife and kids. That's ridiculous, Eating man. on the arm. I know a guy that when I was in Florida. <laughs> That's horrendous. No, I swear to God. He went to Florida. It's a true story. He went to Florida. He had a guy from Florida 
that had an open warrant. The guy had a warrant here. Somehow they connected. When he went to Florida, he brought his wife and kids to the guy's restaurant. <laughs> He's on the arm. That's ridiculous, right? There was a bagel store in the 2-0. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it was famous all over the city. They used to supply all the restaurants. All, uh... H&H, H&H, H&H bagels, yeah. yeah. And some dudes one time, night, from, you know, and they used to take care of the 2 you know. Big deal, a bag of bagels, right? Some guys from the Bronx are coming down there. They get caught by the ICO in the 2 They were, they, they, you know, with a, a Bronx car getting bagels in the 2 You, you got to be a, a rocket scientist to so do that, right? their answer. You got to have an excuse. <laughs> I don't know what their excuse coming was. Coming back from court or whatever. You know. There was a guy that got collared, an off-duty cop. He was in the bus stop on 110 and B-Way. There used to be a bagel place there and a pizza place next door that had the giant slices. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's remember um, the freaking slices? Yeah, they were like this big. Yeah. Oh, and one, you're talking about the one on 110? Like 110 Columbia? and B-Way on yeah, the north outside. Yeah, yeah. And there was, a guy, there was a guy, I'm not going to say his name or anything, but he was out boozing. And he went over there, like, at the end of the night to get a slice or to get a bagel, whatever. He was crashed out in the bus stop in his car. And the duty captain comes by to get a freaking bagel and a coffee, nails the guy, and locked, the guy got college for DWI. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's Sleeping terrible. in his car in the bus stop. Do you remember how big this, you know, where, the, where they put the pizza on, that saucer thing, the metal? <laughs> remember how big that thing was, was for those slices oh, yeah. up there? What was the name it of was, that place? It was, just big, know, it was bigger man. than this area right here. For one pie, it was, it was huge. Each slice oh, was yeah, like this yeah. big. Those it was big, like three slices, one slice. Yeah, those big aluminum... Uh, what they charge for All the Columbia slice, kids anyway. used to go there. That was the, like the Columbia... Yeah, they didn't University. do the right thing, though, for uh, price-wise. Nah, I don't think so. Nah. You know? And the pizza wasn't that great either. It was no, it was, it was just, just gigantic. The slices were this big. It was you like know three, great it was pizza, three that, slices. That artichoke place on Bleecker Street. Oh, yeah, it's too much. That's down too much, in the uh, too much. in the tenth, right? Tenth? No, in the sixth. Tastes There's good. more than the tenth too. Yeah, get, it's, you get a half a slice of that, man. It's like, too it's much. Too much. I was down there doing a driving job last year. And, man, you're uh, a jack of all trades. The guy was <laughs> no, really, man. The guy was going to this place across the street, One Oak or something like that, some club, right? So I'm outside waiting and shit. I'm fucking starving. So I'm like, I got to get something to eat. I went to that place, that artichoke pizza place. Yeah. It was packed. It was like four yeah. in the morning. It was freaking packed. You couldn't oh, even shit. get near the, the cash register. I said, fuck it, I'll get something later. So then the guy came out like a half hour later. He goes, hey, we're going to give my friend and his wife a ride home. He lived over here in Scarsdale, right? So I go, all right. The guy has like a A8, Audi A8, really nice car. So he puts the, the lady in the front with me. I'm driving up cross county, and like she's bobbing, she's hammered, right? Uh-huh. In the car. It's like five in the morning. I'm actually sober, yeah. you know? So, uh-huh. so uh, why would they expect their driver to be sober? She's going it? back and forth, leaning there in the back, bullshit, and all of a sudden I see her going like oh, this. Oh, no, she's going to puke. I go, oh, fuck. I hit the fucking window, and she starts looking towards me. I grabbed her shoulder. I held her right out the fucking, right out the window. She puked all over the side of the car. Oh, my so God. these guys in the back, I pulled over. I was like, holy shit. They had suits on, right? Uh-huh. And the guy had his suit jacket. The two guys, they were hammered to it, and they're wiping the side ah, of the car with the suit man. jacket. And I'm like, dude, I just wanted to get out of there. 
wasn't worth the about the car, they give you wasn't worth thirty an hour, you know. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was blood money, you know. Yeah, it's five yeah. in the morning. Uh, that's, a, that's a long night. Dude, those places rock though down there. They're still rocking. Yeah. What time did you start that night working? With I them? started like six, like eighteen hundred. That's a long night. That's yeah. military time for our guests for six p.m. <laughs> Are you going? To, are you going to overtime? I don't like doing just, those gigs, though. I don't like those driving jobs. You suck. You know. Which one is that? Which company is that? There's a. Oh, the, the what I was working for? No, it was a private guy. My nephew actually hooked me up with the guy. The guy owns a uh, mortgage company in Stanford, mm-hmm. and he, he just wanted the driver because I used to, to drive him on and off when I didn't have anything to do. Like, yo, what are you doing Thursday night? All right, I'll go. I'll go pick the guy up and bring him. You know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not good in traffic. I hate traffic, you know. Man, I can't stand that either, man. Driving in the city is a nightmare these days too. The bus stops, you got the bicycle, you got these. There's petty a lot cabs. of money in that though. If you wanted to get one of those gigs, I mean they're all over the place, but you can make a hundred grand doing that. There's a guy, uh It's a slave job. But you gotta be married to the uh client. Yeah, yeah one time I, I send in uh, my stuff. Finest chauffeurs, I think. Oh, I've heard of them. I get the um when they're when they're asking, they're looking for drivers. A lot of them are like a week. Uh, no, no, they were uh, the weekdays, bringing the kids to school. Yeah, or airport 25, runs. 30 bucks an hour. If you're lucky, you get to park your car in their spot, use their car all I just day. want a job like the transporter, you know, those high-speed jobs where you're just driving on those California roads overlooking the Pacific Highway and the ocean. This other guy I know. What do you mean, a drug runner? <laughs> what is Jewelry. Oh, trans- you never saw the movie The Transporter? I don't think no. so. No. Oh, okay. This other guy I know does it. He's a retired detective. No. He makes like a hundred grand a year, and the guy gives him twenty grand every Christmas. Uh huh. Now that's a nice hit, right? On top of your variable. Yeah. Yeah, but the you know? hours they work are ridiculous. Yeah, he can't go away. Like if the guy goes skiing in February, that's when him and his family got to go away. Yeah. Like he can't plan to go to Cape Cod in August. Uh-huh. He got to go whenever this guy goes yeah, away. That's, that's ridiculous. A lot of times they go away a lot though. Yeah. But we already, you know, something we already did that shit with the job where you couldn't do anything because you were working crazy, crazy hours, you know. So oh, yeah. you're going to do it when you retire? Rips apart your family life. Yeah, that's this ridiculous, job. man. You miss all your baseball, little league, and all that with the kids. Yeah, but after a couple of years, there's some things you really, you're happy that now because you got a great excuse. It's just some uh, christenings or baby showers or stuff like that. You didn't want to go to so anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it works out both ways. But, you know, like, if you want to go to Thanksgiving dinner at... Your mother's house. Yeah. That's, no, you got to work the parade. You, there's yeah. no excuses. You're going to the parade. Yeah. You know? Well, that's not even the worst of it because that parade's not bad. That parade is over oh, you, at noon. You get an early blow, yeah. I was supposed to have off one Thanksgiving and, and I got pulled to work the Apollo on a 4 to 12. Oof. Apollo? Yeah. Oof. And I was in the 2 4. Someone's playing. Oof. <laughs> that's, that's. I don't know. There was like three shootings that night in front of the Apollo, two stolen cars, and three robberies. It was like ridiculous. On Thanksgiving? Know? Yeah, on Thanksgiving night. This guy, he wants a buff out one night. We're doing the uh, New Year's Eve detail, right? <laughs> so we're down there all night for like 10 hours on this detail. He gets a, a ping on his phone. There's a shooting up in the 3-2. I'm like, dude, we're not here. Don't answer <laughs> yeah. that shit. Uh-huh. We're already here 10 hours. No. Come on. Get in the car. We're going in the 3-2. Yeah, like 2 I'm o'clock gonna... in the morning. It's like six of us up in the 3-2. Some guy who's up on the roof. No, they shot at the radio car. Oh, they shot at the car, It was, car, it was yeah. Chief Matarasso called. Me. Yeah. He says, you guys have you been redeployed. Right thing, but... Yeah. Oh, wow. So I had no... Ch- you know what's funny? That same New Year's Eve... I forgot it was a cop. I, yeah. I take that they back. They shot at a radio car. Anyway, that same New Year's Eve... 
we get like five frozen Middle Easterners. They're like, they're practically ice cubes, you know? And someone from Intel or something says, these guys are suspicious, you know? So we were the investigative detail. So we're like, well, let's get the hell off out of this freezing weather. So we bring them into Midtown North, you know? Mm-hmm. So we, we got to interview them and all this other shit. This detective from Midtown North comes up to me, goes, Sarge, you know, we got this really big grand larceny case. Like, he's trying to tell me, like, they don't want us in the squad. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't give a fuck what you got. Uh-huh. I go, we're the investigative detail there for New Year's Eve. There he goes again. <laughs> yeah, we're the yeah. investigative detail for New Year's Eve. I'm going to go to a different precinct. Where's you Chief Anger when yeah, you need yeah. him? Cause you, cause, <laughs> in fact, were you the guy that made me move my car at 1PP? <laughs> you got promoted for that. Uh, no, but I'm just saying, he, he said like, he didn't want us in there. You know, We got a big grand larceny case. I was like, so? So what? It reminds me of the case with the uh, donuts. Tell them about, remember that? Oh, shit. <laughs> we had this big homicide in the 2-3, and um, Captain Eunuch, yeah. Captain Eunuch, she's a sweetheart. She, but we were, she, like, rocking all we night. We were rocking. We with, were there for days. The case. She brings in, like, two or three dozen donuts, right? So who comes walking in? Because we're making headway on the catch Chief Ali with his bucket, his driver. Uh-huh. You know, So his driver, in his words, his, his driver got, has his dick beaters right into the donuts. <laughs> So we're like laughing. We go, we go, you see all these drivers? This is the chief of detectives. And he goes, yeah, his dick beaters were in the toilet. Yeah, but it, it pissed me off because we're there working for like a day and, and a half on this case. donuts like a fucking... Yeah, and this guy comes out of the blue and he's got his dick beater in there grabbing a fucking uh, a like Krispy Kreme. Like the, like the Michelin man. So he's in there with his... As soon as he walked in the door, he went right to the box and, and of donuts. Captain Eunuch was getting pissed at us because we're like goofing on the chief's driver, you know? And we're laughing hysterically. Did you see that little bucket? He's got his dick beaters in the donuts. Oh, my God. That was oh, funny. we embarrassed the shit out of that oh guy. Oh, my that God. That was funny. I never heard that term before. Oh, it was fun. It was, you know, when I hear an even funnier t- t- There was a girl, a police officer, a female police officer, and she had just filed an OEEO against a sergeant recently, you know? So she's up in the squad, and he has a bag of open potato chips on his desk. And she goes to reach hand, and then he goes, get those dick beaters. <laughs> he caught himself just as he was saying it, realizing, wait a minute, she just filed an OEO. He goes, get those dick beaters. Oh, my God. I died laughing. She never picked up no, on it. No, she didn't though. pick up on it because he, oh he said the D, but not the I-C-K. Uh-huh. You know, get those dick beaters. <laughs> That was that fucking crazy. hilarious. Yeah, man. that wasn't the milk truck, though, was no, it? That no, was a different no. girl, right? It was someone else. I'll tell you who it was later. <laughs> the, milk, what, was the milk truck girl? Some other girl that he, he she dubbed. Had, she had large breasts, so we called her the milk truck. <laughs> <laughs> All these great copisms for you people out in Radio Land. She had a huge shirt cutter on it, though. A shirt cutter. What is that? Yes, she had a huge ass. So he calls it a turd cutter. That's the most horrible expression I've ever heard describing a butt in my life. Nice turd cutter. Hey, she did that turd cutter. Oh, God. Oh, that's a Navy term. Turd cutter. That sounds like a bow, too. Oh, that's great. USS turd cutter. <laughs> Hey, do we want to touch upon any um, actual uh, police you topics? Talk about something serious for a second. Well, we, I can't. Man, I'm crying right now. Well, we were uh, the the last 
well, by the time this comes on, it might be an old story, but the NYPD is experiencing a rash of um, suicides uh, by members of the service. Way to bring the show down, Bill. Well, we wanted to. We have to no, talk about right. some. Um, I, I, somebody reached out to me, a female cop, and she mentioned that there was a Facebook page that was uh, be, uh, being created for um, law enforcement officers, and it had all the numbers, so you can reach out on it. And then she said it disappeared. So maybe they're hopefully they're uh, fine tuning it, and they're going to put it back up. But if not, then it's something that we should definitely look into. And I promised her that I would mention it, and. Um, I promised her that I think once we get a website up, we can have all this information on there, too. Uh, the job suicide hotline, right. even a nas- uh, nationwide hotline. And uh, it's just horrible, man. There's no. But you know something? More. My, what my, before, problem right? is, my problem is with it is that this isn't a new problem. This is an old problem. It's been a problem for years and years and years. And the department has to step up and take more responsibility for it than they do. Obviously, people that are depressed or they have an alcohol problem, uh, you you have that instrument of destruction with you 24-7. You carry a gun. You know, it's with you at all times. You could take your own life. But they have to do more for the mental health of their officers. Cops have more pressure on them than they've ever had in the history of policing. With people videotaping them, everyone hates them, politicians hate them, the public hates them. And it's a tough, tough job. Add on to that, a lot of cops on patrol aren't making overtime because the job's trying to cut the budget on everything these days, right? And they may have financial problems, they have home problems. The department has to step up more. And the problem is, is that as soon as you would turn yourself in, you get labeled a psycho. You know, they take your guns. That's why people don't dime out, guys. Exactly. They take your guns and they they you put your uh, ID card, no firearms. Oh, yeah, that's going to really encourage people to turn themselves in. And the other day— uh, Well, there's other routes you could go besides— You, right, you go could, through Papa, and they don't, right, you they don't line, take your right, firearms. You can go through line organizations, which is the best way to do it. But the other day on Facebook, uh, the chief of the department, Terry Monahan, gave like a 15- or 20-minute talk to members of the service saying that, you know, you're not alone. You got friends out there, and you know, yeah, they do. And, yeah, and the you know, next day, a guy did it. Right, exactly. In, in so, Staten Island. So they obviously, the department's not doing enough, and they have to. Maybe they should have mental health liaisons available to go to precincts randomly and just talk to people. And if you have a problem, you can call me anonymously, and we'll keep it's, it anonymous. Because once, because if you want to do it, you're going to do it, right? You got the gun right on your hip. Yep. You're depressed, whatever. Your girlfriend, your wife broke up with you or something. Whatever yeah, but it here's is. an idea. It's so easy you to do. You mentioned a, a mental health liaison. How about if you had a clinic in every borough where you can go, and it was just therapy for anybody who wants it. The job is going to pick up the dime. Your name is not going to go anywhere. And instead of reaching a point where you can't deal with these problems anymore, you can start early on because uh, therapy is good for a lot of people. You sit down, you talk to somebody about something that bothering you, and it's almost like a stigmatism on this job. It totally and, is. And plus, figuring out where to go to get this therapy. So you're constantly, like, let's say you went through your whole 20-year career, career and you were in, in therapy for 20 years with the same doctor. You know, and every time you had a problem, you're dealing with somebody, you actually had somebody to talk to. You didn't have to bottle it, uh, bottle it up all the time. Well, look, we've talked about this before. Here, you did 20 years, Patty did 30 years, I did almost 27 years. I would say 
all three of us have a level of PTSD. And anyone that's done that amount of time in the police department, you're out there, you're seeing horrendous things. You responded to 9-11, that was even more horrendous. But if you say, go for help for PTSD, what's the first thing they're going to do? Take your guns. So that's most... Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a situation where you can start with therapy early on in your career. So there's not... you're not in crisis mode. It's just something that you get used to doing. Mark, you get I'm 100%. You used to talk to somebody about situation scenarios on the job in a private setting. and Right, uh, but the police department needs to step up and stop worrying about getting sued. Cops are killing themselves anyway without with them, you know, the threat of taking their guns if you turn yourself in. It's, they a weird, need to- look at, it's such an odd time right now. Look at what's going on right now with the... You know, the Central Park Five thing won't go away. Now they want to. Get, there's a, a group that wants to get rid of the letterer. Right, right. That, well, that she ADA. already resigned from Columbia. She had to resign from no, Columbia. No, I'm not talking about her, Feinstein. I'm talking about letterer. They're yeah, going she was the prosecutor, a, yeah. She was a her. professor in uh, Columbia. Yeah. Oh, recently she resigned? She had to yeah, resign. She re- yeah. Last week. Well, she was getting They're pressure. asking to open up like thousands of cases and relook them. Well, that's that's that yeah. idiot, well, Jumani Williams. He's a moron, that guy. Vance said no. Yeah. And uh, he's a shit stirrer. You know something? That brings us to there, there was the, um, they have the speaker of the uh, council, the city council, this guy, Corey Johnson. He goes to John Jay. And look, I think we all agree with a level of criminal justice reform. People shouldn't rot in a cell for. Uh, you know, weed or for some, for some crimes, they should reconsider some of the sentencing. But he goes to John Jay and give this speech how certain communities were um, victimized by the NYPD. Of course, they call it stop and frisk. That's not what it's called. It's called stop, question, and frisk. So I know when an idiot says stop and frisk, I know where he's going. It's called stop, question, and frisk, all right? Then he talks about, um, you know, these millions of of broken windows policing, how that was so unfair. And we need to invest in these communities that were victimized by broken windows. I would love to be at that speech. I would have said, Mr. Johnson, first of all, you're you're a cowardly politician. You're a politician because because of broken windows, thousands of more people are (laughs) alive. No, but thousands of more people are alive today that weren't victims of homicide because of broken windows policing, they, because they of never stop, take that into question, account. and frisk. No, and most of these people were people of color. They were in the neighborhoods that you're referring to. So rather than be a coward who's just kowtowing to these neighborhoods and talking about just pouring money into it, you have to understand what happened in this city. You know, in the 1990s, there were 2,200 murders. Now there's even thousands less robbery victims, thousands of less burglary victims, assault victims, all of that stuff. But... He's kowtowing It's not a coincidence that there was a spike in real estate. The real estate value in New York City is at an all-time high. And where do you think that comes from? It doesn't come from having 22,000 homicides a year. Crime. I mean, 2,200 homicides a year. Crime reduction. But it's all coming back now. It is coming back. Slowly but surely. I mean, you can only cover it up so long. And, you know, not to sound like a pessimist or something like that. But if you're not going to... See, the one thing that would have happened with the... um, that uh, broken windows is you always kept people in the system. If they if they weren't committing a crime, then they were returning them on a warrant. There was bail to be posted, all this, that, and the other. And they were constantly in the system. So every single day that you keep them off the street is in another day that there's somebody not getting robbed, somebody that's, not getting raped, somebody not getting murdered. These are, that's what's that's happening. That's why I keeping think them in the, system. the most important... Now they're getting rid of bail. Yeah, so you're always right. going to be let out unless right. it's a really violent case. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? You're going to be let out. So you're going to be let out to commit a crime. And so we're not keeping you. We're not holding you. We're not detaining you. It's another day. Well, they want to close Rikers Island, too. I don't know how they're going to do that. When they start putting jails on the Upper East Side, Put them below in 96th borough. Street. Every borough is going to have we'll a see if, We'll see how and much And the jail is like probably that. going to be like somewhere within the vicinity of the court. Which, what does it do? It saves time so you can get these people out earlier again and back out in the street the, the other, again. The other idea also was that they have to stop making parolees go back and serve their sentence for minor violations. I've never seen any parolee get violated for minor violation. They could be using heroin, smoking weed, committing another crime, and they weren't <clears throat> automatically violated. It's, there's no teeth in parole. None, none whatsoever. So when he talks about this, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's just talking. He's, I he's think he preaching to, to the I choir. Think he wants to go as far left as possible. Yeah, to, that seems to be the the fashion right now. Just uh, as crazy as it sounds, let's just go as far left and as let's, possible. And let's let's keep let bashing open, the police. Let's open they up all the jails. All this, let you know? everybody out. We can tra- We can. They can live there now. We make them nice condos. We give them to them. What do you think, Detective Pat? Oh, yeah. It's sickening. It makes me sick because these guys get out so easy and they're out like a day or two and they're already doing another robbery or rape or something drink, like right? that. Yeah, it drives me to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it. <clears throat> I, heard, I yeah. even heard a politician talking about we can monitor them with ankle bracelets and that's the electronic monitoring. That, that's the biggest joke. When I found out no one watches the screen and the guy that has the monitor on. They only monitor it if he does... Watch they that, don't right? watch it. They don't do anything. It's it's on a screen, but they only watch it if he if he does something. Right. Or if he leaves where he's not well, supposed to... This guy up in Connecticut's got one of them. He's wearing one. Yeah, no what one monitors guy, him. Uh, with the suspected wife? Yeah. Yeah, if he say, say he blows curfew, it'll come up and it'll be reported. Right, you know, so what do they do to him? Nothing, right? They don't do anything to him. So what's what's the point of it? I remember we in a two eight one time we had a guy do a shooting with one of those electronic monitors on. So that really worked, you know. <laughs> Soon they're just gonna put a chip in you. That, that was Joe the Lips idea, a chip that you could blow the person up. Yeah. Right in the head. <laughs> yeah. Like a lost dog, right? <laughs> what? A lost dog. <laughs> Scan the chip. The chip. <laughs> it's easier than that fingerprint. Print machine, that portable machine you guys used to That's bring right. around. That's what right. What was that? Yeah, <clears throat> that was after I was gone. Mark had one. We were over, we were on a floater over on Ward's Island. Yeah. What does that mean a float? I know uh, what it means for television. Uh, DOA, uh, a dead person floating in the floating water. Floating in the water. Up. So they're not swimming, right? No, not anymore. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know. One of the things I learned. One of the things I learned about floaters, which I thought was very interesting, and I learned it from the scuba team, is that when someone drowns. They drop straight down where they were last seen. Right. And they actually stay there for a while. Until they blow up. Till they blow up. And then the gases make them float to the top, and that's the term floater. Uh-huh. Because we had one time someone <clears throat> drowned on the opposite, the Manhattan side of um, this bridge. Uh, you can see Yankee Stadium from there. So it's McCombs. right. Yeah, McCombs Bridge, right. <clears throat> so they had a big party under there. And some girl was drunk, and she, um, she fell in the water. And the current over there is unbelievable. Three guys jumped in, tried to save her. They almost drowned, wow. you know. And they came back the next day and they showed us where she went down. And scuba dove and they, they looked for her. They didn't find well, her. We we got called over to Ward's Island for a floater. It was pretty funny, actually. I mean, it wasn't funny. The, the person died, but 
So we call up the homicide squad. We get, they have that fingerprint machine, right. that portable one. <clears throat> so the guy that comes over, one of the detectives, just got out of hostage negotiation school like the week before. So he goes, holy shit, this looks like the guy who's trying to talk down on the McCombs Dam Bridge the other night. I just got out of school. This was my first case with hostage uh, negotiation. Was, was Mark I go, Yeah. I go, how'd you make out? He goes, the guy jumped. I think this is him. <laughs> So, so now, you got a D in hostage negotiation so, class. So now they got a boat. They got this big boat that comes through from the Lower East Side, from like 59th Street, to pick up people from uh, to go to Yankee game, right? So now we're there with the DOA on, on the pier. And, of course, we go in the trunk of the RMP. There's no tops, nothing to cover this guy. So all the people, the boat pulls in, all the people are getting off. So they got a free show. And we're all standing like this, blocking the DOA. And they're like, what's that? Oh, what's that over there? <laughs> you know those yellow tops yeah, they used yeah, to have in the yeah, trunk? We yeah. couldn't find one. We had like three or four cars there. We didn't no have one had one. Wow. So, but it was pretty funny. I, when you know, Mark I remember said I was that. up at the 3 4 one time. We had a shooting, and the, the patrol sergeant didn't have crime scene tape. And I like could have worked uh, on. I was like, where did what? You remember back to the car every yeah, day? Yeah, like he had no crime out. scene table. I was like, what is your job? One of job? the things that's list that you got to yeah. check off. But you remember car. back in the day in the 90s when they had all that, the shield, the hook and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even get a toothpick in the trunk, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you used to have to empty all that stuff out to inspect the car yeah. every Like you're going to go with that big hook over to some EDP with a knife. Or get the over EDP's here, right? on the 12th floor and the elevator doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Are you going up with a hook? You know, I, remember, oh, you know, I remember there was this real fat detective. I won't say where he was from. He was real fat. And was he, he Manhattan to, North? It was Manhattan Robbery. Uh, oh, okay. And, and um, we had a we had a, a <laughs> robbery in East River Houses. And he looks and each it's on the twelfth floor and oh. the elevator was out. Uh-huh. I looked at his face, man. He was like, "Oh my <laughs> god!" He probably had to take like a floor by floor. I mean, that's no joke for an in shape person. Twelve flights oh, in yeah. the summer. Yeah, it sucks. It's you know, if you're fat, I was just listening to it. a story on the news the other day that there's some building the elevator's been out for a month. And you got old people that live there. They can't get downstairs. No. So they haven't seen the street. But you know, a, a lot of the, kid, the people that live in there, they break the elevator, you know, and, and then they want it, you know. I don't know if it's the people that live in there. It's got to be somebody coming from the outside. Yeah, well, because if people it's that, that sell drugs there. And then, like, you know? it's the New York City Housing Authority. Send somebody right. over there, fix mm-hmm. the fucking thing, so these people can go about their lives. They can't go shopping. You know, you live on the 12th. No, no, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> it's bad. It's ridiculous. Terry, Terry did that to me one time. He goes, oh, take a ride with me. I'm looking for a collar. So we go over to this building on 105 Street over by uh, the FDR Drive. And it's in August, and he's doing a day tour. I'm doing a 4 to 12. So it's like 3.30 in the afternoon. He's looking to get a pinch for the overtime, right? <laughs> so I go over there. The elevator's down. There's like 30 people in the lobby, and it's on the 20th floor. I go, Terry, he goes, come on, we're going. He used to run marathons. Yeah, yeah he was in right? amazing uh, shape, man. I'm like 70 pounds overweight, you know? So we get all the way up there. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. But 20, we, 20 the guy floors. wound up being there. He wound up making the collar. You so know? you had to wow. walk him down the stairs? Yeah. Oh, he was a collar animal, Terry. Wow, shame what man. happened to that dude. I love him, yeah. man. But he... Uh, what happened? That, that was... Uh, he got... Uh, he passed away? No, no. He's no. around. He's still on the job, but no. he's... Uh, oh, that's <clears> the one that... Pa- pa- uh, paralyzed below the waist, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was in <clears> Intel or something. 
some great, s- great surfing detective or, too. Yeah, surfing or something like that. He got he got like, hit really hard with a wave and yeah. he got hit on the bottom. And that that so guy was man yeah. doing that. I remember going. I used to have a boogie board. I spent like three hundred bucks on a good one because yeah. I'm big, something that can hold me. I was breaking all the kids' boogie boards, but I loved it. And then one day I went over. Like I got on top of the wave, and then the whole thing is just spiked straight down. Yeah, yeah. Now the boogie hit board is wooden, or that's the one that you no, that you foam. skim it's along. Oh. No, no, it's it's not wooden. This is no. What's the one that you? Sk- Those are skimmers. That's, a, that's yeah. Those that's are fun a, too. That's actually a boogie yeah. board. What he's talking about is the, the foam body, ones that you. Yeah. Your the boogie board is the surfing. one that you you, you take surfing, out. Yeah, yeah. Your body surfing on that. <clears throat> And I hit my jaw, and I could feel it shoot down on my spine. I took the thing to the shore. I never went out. Fuck that. Well, you could get hurt bad doing <laughs> nah, that. I'm not, I'm I, not w- when you watch those surfing movies, these guys in Hawaii with those those fifty foot waves, that crashes on you. You know, you could be under the water for three, four, five minutes, and you know you're gonna hold your breath oh, that yeah. long. Yeah, but that type of adrenaline, they love it. They're gonna do it. You can't get them to. Well, stop. Well, guys die There's every some year doing that. that. Are, that's like a high. Yeah, that's like a high. Oh, shooting the tube, yeah. going through that tube. <laughs> shooting the tube. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? Hanging nine or something like yeah. that. Hang ten. Hang ten. You got nine toes? Most people here's, have ten. Here's Charlie. Charlie knows. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Little red blondie from the two threes, the surfer. surfer yeah. Uh-huh. Are you blondie the surfer? <laughs> <laughs> we used to bust his balls. Funniest story was he he lives in Long Beach, you know. Of course. Uh, and he wants to be and with, with Donna Torres, who's retired from homicide. They used to both work in a two three. They come in one night and it's like they're about 45 minutes to an hour late and they walk into the squad and inspections is there. Oh, yeah. He's- and Charlie, I fully intended to show up an hour late and go right down to the gym and bang out like an hour and a half workout, you know? Uh-huh. So his world is just, just come undone, you know? He walks, <laughs> he walks in, he's still got the white shit on his nose from the beach, you know? So he walks in and he looks, I see his eyes, he sees the inspections is there and I'm like... Sit down at your fucking typewriter. You're he's about seventy. Cages. He's about seventy in the hole, right? Uh-huh. He's there like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing my balls off, and they're like, "Hey, who's this guy?" <laughs> Some worker. Uh, you know, and I. When, 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 those yeah. are the worst days when you pull oh. up. Either that, or there's like the reporter. The news truck the is. News in trucks the... are in front of the precinct. You know, some oh something that happened. Your whole Sunday's ruined. It's always on a Sunday yeah. too. You come in, you got a your bagel with cream cheese, a nice yeah, cup of coffee, the couple newspapers of papers, yeah. Yeah, underneath <laughs> your arm. You're gonna put your feet up, <clears throat> read the papers. I, but you know, as, as a boss, I used to hate when certain detectives they know what they had to do on a case, especially mm-hmm. like a DV, and they would try to get it by you without doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That would like piss me off. Like that's I would write. That's why they call it investigation. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do boom, 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 and boom, and yeah. then I'll sign it. You know. Oh, it's a bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit, right? That's did why you the do city- DVs over the two six. Johnny Rowe did them with. Uh, oh, John Rowe, I love that guy. Yeah, Johnny Rowe did it with. Uh, That's right, with the female spank yeah, check. Yeah. What was her name? Gigi, Gigi, right? Yeah, she was good. Beautiful people. Yeah, Johnny Rowe told me something, man. One time we had a robbery victim come in, a little Mexican guy. He said he got robbed on 124th Street and Broadway. He said the car was a minivan, gray minivan, pulls up to the side. Um, guy gets out, runs up to him, puts a gun to him, tells him, em- empty out your pockets. So he's empty out everything he has on the street. On the sidewalk, guy picks it up, jumps into this gray minivan. And I'm in the middle of taking this report. I'm new to the squad. Uh, I was in the the rip. No, it wasn't rip. It was a Bram. Bram. They slap so burglaries John- with robberies. Yeah, yeah. So then Johnny Rowe comes up to me. He goes, hey, uh, do you mind if I talk to him for a second? 
I said, no, no, absolutely. So John takes my chair, right? I get up, he takes my chair, he spins it around. So now his elbows are, are hanging over the side of the chair. And he looks at the, the guy right now, he goes, hey, where did you get the money? Because he said they stole 600 bucks. I'm working. Where are you working? Uh, he said, construction. Well, where's your boss, what's your boss's name? What's the phone number? Well, when did you get paid? Was it cash or check? And six questions. Like, okay, okay, okay. I, 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 he lost the money gambling. He was scared to tell his wife. He said, get the fuck out of here before I lock you up. I never knew, <laughs> I never knew to this day how he knew this guy was bullshitting oh, me. He just knew. You know, it was amazing. Five I, questions in, the guy ran out. I, I had the rip, and he was in, he was in rip. He, he, was a, he was a good... Uh, he could talk to a rock for six hours. He was amazing, <laughs> right? This guy comes in. You know, he's like a jacked-up fucking FedEx driver or UPS. One of these trucks. And he goes, he was robbed uh, on such and such street of like $600. So he knows the guy's lying because right around Christmas time, we would get a spike of these truck drivers reporting that they were robbed. Uh-huh. So he, start, <laughs> he starts dissecting the guy, you know, and the guy's, he finally breaks the guy. guy goes, all right, uh, I didn't get robbed. He goes, well, where's the money? He goes, I called my sister to come to the truck and I handed it to her. He goes, well, uh, you're going to have to have your sister bring that money back in. Right? <laughs> So the sister comes and he locks up the sister too. <laughs> you I remember had, that case? Yeah. I had one over on East River. The guy, this guy comes in, he goes, oh, I got robbed. I don't know what it was, like $1,000 or something. So what it was, was this guy was in charge. His father was getting SSI. They were paying for the rent and everything. And he was, take, he was like his uh, bookkeeper, the father's bookkeeper, the son, right? He's like 40 years old. So he he takes his father's rent check, and he hooks up with, with some hoe, and he goes and he smokes up the check. A hoe is a. <laughs> so now, so now he comes in. And he goes, "Oh, I got, I got robbed." He wants a sixty-one number so he could get a new check, right? Uh-huh. So I go, "What happened?" He goes, "I was walking up one o one o three Street towards the, the uh, subway. This guy I know from back in the day. He he put me on gunpoint." And he walked me all the way down with the gun on me like this to East River. Now, that's like five blocks, yeah, yeah, that's right? All the way from 103 and Lex, all the way down. So I go, what happened when you got over there? So he goes, the guy told me I'm waiting here in the stairwell. Go get the money. And he goes, I went upstairs to my father's apartment. I got the money. I came back. I gave it to him. So I go, what's the guy's name? He goes, I don't know, Jamel something, right? <laughs> so I go, all right. So... I do all these searches and shit. I find a guy named Jamel. So I go to the to the house. He's not there. He moved like five years ago, right? <laughs> so I find out that the guy moved up to the polo grounds, right? So I go to the polo grounds. Oh, Jamel? Yeah, Jamel, the perp. Uh-huh. So I go to the polo grounds, bang on the door. His grandmother opens the door. I go, how you doing? Is Jamel here? She goes, you didn't hear he died five years ago. <laughs> I go, oh, he did? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so now I'm trying to get a hold. Hey, I did him off the picture? Yeah. So now I'm trying to get a hold of the victim. I'm going over to East River, banging on the door, no answer and all this shit, right? I can't get a hold of the guy. He's not answering the phone. So one day, like a month later, I'm on another case over in Lakeview. You remember Lakeview? Yeah, yeah. It's on 106 and uh, 5, and it's pouring out. So I just came out of the building. I'm waiting under the canopy to, to get in, in the RMP, right? So some guy comes running across the street with a hoodie on to get out of the rain. 
He takes the hoodie right in front of me. He takes it off, and it's my man, Maximo. I go, yo, Maximo, how you been, man? I go, I've been trying to get a hold of you. He goes, oh, I've been busy, dude, and all this shit, right? I go, yo, we got to go talk. He goes, not now, man. I'm out. I got to go do something, right? I go, we got to go to the precinct. He goes, really, man? I'm busy. I'm busy. I go, listen, either you're going in cuffs or you're going to go nice, nice in the car, right? So I get him in the car, in the uh, box, for like an hour. I had this guy who was hammering him. And at the end, he broke. He said that he ripped off his father. He smoked up the money. And he was on the floor like this. Please, please don't lock me up. I go, you're a <laughs> fucking scumbag. You ripped off your own fucking father, you piece of shit. So I wound up locking him up. But that was a cool case. But we used to get guys bullshitting about robberies all the time because they smoked up the check. No, you, know you know what I loved? This was my favorite one, being in Rip, was the guy comes and goes, I just got robbed. What'd they take? Just my methadone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richie oh. made a collar. Remember Richie made that collar and banana went crazy? Oh, for methadone? Yeah, there was a methadone line at Metropolitan. Every morning there's a methadone oh. line. So there was two methadonians online, and one guy robbed the other guy's methadone. So then... Richie's Richie does the sixty one. He holds it in his pocket for two days till he's catching. Yeah, he's yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a KP, right? So <laughs> that's a known perp a KP. So wait a minute. Wait, let's go through this one more time. He wrote out sixty one. So he, he wrote the police report out, and then because there's a known perp on him, he, he puts the, it. Yeah, he puts it. Yeah, in his he pocket. holds it till the rotation goes around yeah, to him again, so he can catch the. Yeah. So he can catch the case, right? That's beautiful. So then he makes the collar, and he makes like 10 hours overtime on it, right? So the next day, Banano comes running in the squad. Remember that? He was the, the CEO of the He was the CEO guy, of the precinct. The, the, uh, great he goes, guy. where's Richie so-and-so? I'm going to fucking kill him. And Louie was the CEO. Yeah. Of the lieutenant was the CEO, right? Of the squad? Yeah. And Louie's go, oh, oh, what's going on? And he's like, that motherfucker made this collar. Put you know, me over. He put him over for, for, for Comstat. He put him uh, over for Comstat. He had Comstat the next day. Uh, the fucking bullshit fucking collar. Yeah, he was, he was fucking killed. Well, he wanted to kill. Uh, I would say his last name, Richie. He wanted to kill Richie. <laughs> it was a methadone collar. It was bullshit. And then, you know? and then Richie, <laughs> Richie turned it into $1,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he walked back from court. That's right. Yeah, right. And then you know he on the old court on Friday. Yeah, he got it on the old one eighty eighty. That was the guy. That he had. You want to see me turn methadone into a thousand dollars? Into a thousand dollars? He had. He had Friday and Saturdays off, and every single Friday he had audio court, which for people out in the audience that means he had to go to court on his day off, so he gets eight hours overtime. You know, he gets the full day of time and a half. Every So the police department What you have to do When you get a court notification Is you try to call the DA And say is he going to testify No the boss does that Yeah the boss Well I was a sergeant Or the lieutenant calls Is he going to testify And usually the DA is going to say Yes he's, I need him He's going to testify Okay that's all you can do You can, you know I didn't give a shit really But you know We would get pressure From our captain And our inspector And our chief You got to cool these audio courts But what can you really do You know Mm -hmm. But he had it Every single Friday So you knew it was bullshit They changed his days off To Saturday, Sunday Uh He never got another Court appearance On a Friday Ever again Which just showed you they were so oh, choreographed, right? He turned, he turned a cup of methadone into $1,000. Watch this. It's magic. Oh, yeah. Watch this. 
Bernardo, those Bernardo was dogs. pissed. Oh, he was Bernardo was a great guy. Yeah. God rest him, you know. But <laughs> when they, we pissed. used to get those methadone robberies, I, it was it was like amazing. They would come in and say, what did he take? Well, I didn't have any money. He just took my methadone. You'd be like, well, how did he know that you had methadone? Right. You know? Uh-huh. Like he just stuck you up because he knew you looked like a methadonian, you know? Yeah, but all they want is a 61 number. Right, and then and they, they, get, they get free get, methadone. They could get reimbursed. Right. Yeah. So it was they used to hang out at the Mickey D's on... Uh, I used to call them for a false report after yeah. that. After I yeah. break them, all right, fucking, you're going, you're man. You're rest, yeah. But they used to hang out at the McDonald's. Don't they sell it, too, sometimes? They do a spit back. They would... My old girl you have, used you have to have to that. take your um, methadone in front of a counselor. So so they would they would pretend they swallowed it, then they'd go outside and spit into a cup and sell it. And oh. people would actually buy spit back methadone. And why, why How much? Do that? Oh, you're looking for a spit back? <laughs> no, I'm saying, what was oh, it going I don't, for? I don't know what it's the going rate was, nasty. but that is nasty, Are you right? Yeah, and they would sell that, yeah. Oh, my but God. doesn't methadone. Um, it's to get it you off you, of heroin. But it, it gets you high, too? Yeah, yeah. You, haven't, you never saw the methadone bop when they do the methadone dance, and their head's almost scraping on the sidewalk, but they never fall over? I've seen a lot it's of like methadone. Weebles I, wobble. I don't know whether they're on methadone or, or heroin. I can't tell the difference. It's usually methadone. That's, methadone gives you that, too. I don't yeah, know about it. Yeah. I thought that was just heroin. Nah, that's the methadone. Oh, the, the heroin, they call it Jonesin, right? The guy was Jonesin. Well, that's when they were itching. <laughs> oh, you remember the girl? We, we locked up a girl. They were shooting up heroin up on uh, the projects up on 98 and 1st in uh, Lexington. So we locked, they were shooting up. The guy goes DOA. So they take the guy out of the apartment, they throw him out in the hallway. Right, so then somebody come by, they see the DOA in the hallway. They're like, "Yo, what's up with this guy?" Right, so it came back to that apartment. So the girl that we brought in, I can't remember her name. She had these big fucking balloon hands from from the heroin. Yeah. So big nasty fucking hands. So dick beaters, dick nasty dick beaters. <laughs> me, me and Charlie were interviewing her in the box, right? So all of a sudden, the lieutenant comes in, Louie, right? He's like, "What's going on here?" What happened? He's telling the girl, right? So she's going, oh, this, that. She, and Charlie was real skeevy. He used to get skeeved out real easy. Louie goes, show me on him what happened, what you did, right? And the girl gets up and she goes like this to Charlie. Charlie's like, get away, get away. These nasty hands. Oh, my God. Oh, they get that elephantitis hand. Louie was oh character. Feeking like that, too. Yeah. Well, remember, remember that time we had the... Um, the couple in those houses where the guy brought in a grenade. Oh, my Remember God. Remember that story? Yeah. That was hilarious. This guy, I don't know, they were having marital difficulties, and he brings he brings a grenade into the house, right? And he's, like, threatening <laughs> yeah, to pull the pin. It's like a 20-story apartment right. uh, project. And so ESU shows up. I, I mean, the cost of responding to oh this job must have been a couple of hundred grand. Every damn ESU truck, aviation. They had the robot. Chief the there, the robot. And the guy runs out, so he's gone, you know. But they made a big deal, and it was like a fake grenade. Uh But the next day, uh, when it all blows over, we go to get the guy, right? And uh, they're like, oh, why do you have to lock him up? Oh, well, he only cost the city about 300 grand of response time to this fake job. And he interviews the, uh, the, the girlfriend or the wife, and she's like, this was the day before. She goes, he came out to the apartment. This is how she talks. He came out to the apartment. He pulled out a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing fucking hysterically. And it, so he's, he's going, he, he pulled out a grenade. 
a grenade, right? And then she goes, and then he pulled a pin out. Remember? And we, we, oh we lost it. I couldn't take it. Oh, we lost it. I used to work with a cop, and he went on a scene somewhere. Somehow he found the grenade. He brought it back. He put it in his locker. Oh, that's really God. genius. And he showed somebody. They called up on him. Was it, was same it, thing. Was it active or was live it live or, or inert? No, they like that word inert. Well, obviously, it wasn't any good. It was a dud, but, but you got to be a genius to bring an explosive oh, yeah. device into the precinct. You know? I think it might have been. I think it was a sergeant. I think it was on his desk. What a genius. You should have brought it over to the high school or something, down the hallway. <laughs> you know, lift it in the bathroom of the high school. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. That's crazy, uh, man. Freaking stupid cops. Fucking grenades. Grenade. You have to say it the right way. That's funny. That was crazy, man. They evacuated that whole building. We were there for like eight hours yeah, on that they case. They evacuated the whole. They building. evacuated bullshit. all the buildings around for bullshit. Yeah, yeah, for this this lady calling up about this hand grenade, this fake hand grenade. <laughs> and then the guy was pissed when we collared him. Yeah. No, we're just gonna let you go because it didn't uh, cost the city any money <clears throat> to respond to that. Right? That's one of those things. You live in the city, and there's gonna be that one time where you come to your building or your block, and it's closed off for some reason. You see the cops. Turn around, go get a hotel oh, yeah. room, come back in a week. Yeah. Well, I used the to love when we'd ever. have the crime scene tape up and you, people could see blood and shells and just walk right into the crime scene. You'd be like, shit. where are you going? Nobody, I live there. Nobody you know, cares. You'd be like, oh, yeah. you're nobody not cares. going home right now. You know, this is a crime scene. You know, they try to walk right. So I guess, you know, you'd be a little pissed if it was your home, but still, you know, you're not walking through But it's blood true. I mean, guts. nobody really cares. No, they don't give a you shit. You know, and, and so a lot of times the caring is, is fake. It's manufactured. It's just, oh, I feel so bad. No, you don't. Get the fuck out you of here. You don't care, you know. I always used to think when, you know, you'd have a big crime scene up in the 3-0 or the 3-4 and there's literally hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, watching what you're doing, you know. And I always used to think, and I used to tell the detectives, photograph the crowd. Because there's a good chance that the shooter is is out there, <coughs> yeah, admiring they, his handiwork. You know, usually they'll call in. They'll call in a photographer for that. No, it's a great thing. You take oh, pictures yeah. of the. Oh, not just even. That's what they didn't like about having Tyrell. Um, Tyrell, yeah. Tyrell at the at the parades and all this yeah. other stuff. Even witnesses, because people say I wasn't. I wasn't even out there. I was. I was up. I was in the Bronx. And there you and go. It's like hey, here you are. I just took this picture. I used to love when you ask two people. Listen, here's my card. Would you, would you give me a call later? What's your phone number? 646-221-7247. And then I'd call them right there and I'd be like, why are you playing me, man? Uh -huh. You know, they gave me a fake number just to appease me. Oh, I'm sorry, Sergeant. <laughs> well, give me your real yeah, number now. I knew somebody that worked for Tyru. <clears throat> he was a regular filmmaker and he, wor he worked for the department in, in the Tyru. He used to go to all the parades, film everything, have his camera... You don't know who hey, he is. Hey, look, look at the Boston Marathon. That's yeah. how those guys were caught, man. Cell phone video came into play uh, in that case, too. Yeah. That was so important, you know? And, you know, that's another thing. Like, when we talk about all these the investigative they tools, want, they, want they, want, they want to take some of these tools away from us. You well, know? they don't want you at protest. Yeah, because, oh, that's, we're violating. So they're, they're protesting still. No one's getting in their way. They can videotape cops. Why can't we videotape potential perps? Well, then you got to get access to that tape from that other group, and they're not going to give it to you. It's better if you have your own taping. Look, in Boston, everyone gave up their cell phone video to solve that uh, the Boston Marathon yeah, bombing, was... you know, because it was a horrendous yeah. thing. Yeah, but Including uh, a civilian, but nobody's probably nobody's going to look to save a cop. No, no. Yeah. Right, Detective? No, Clark? they're looking to harpoon the cops, you know. Yeah. 
No, but they were even talking about taking away uh, mugshots. How would you identify anyone if we didn't have the ability to keep a database of past arrests and the photos of the past arrestees? How could you possibly identify anyone? We got a guy ID out of a yearbook one time. Yeah, they don't. They won't let you do that. I got a I got a yearbook from a principal one time. She met me in the stairwell, gave it to me. But they won't let you do it. You can't do that. I don't think so. I think that they. you know, they, they really pitched the bitch over that, that it was so a violation. Meet you, give me five minutes, meet me in the stairwell. Principal <laughs> of the school came with the yearbook. That's great. Nice. Yeah. Juveniles, juveniles are almost impossible to identify. I remember one time we had a pattern a pattern robbery, and it was, these two kids were beating the shit out of these kids out of this one school. And then the way they got away was they ran right back into the school. So we set up in the school. Because they had a predictable pattern. I remember it was Johnny D'Alessio. I think you were there with me. And uh, sure enough, they hit. They come running into the school. But Johnny D'Alessio was by himself downstairs. We're up on the second level. So he has to grab these kids by himself. So he cuffs one to the, you know, they cuffs them to each other. And the principal comes, how dare you? And I I got in that principal's face. Like, you know, I was like, say one more word. He didn't know she messing with. Uh, He didn't know. I said, you say one more word. I'm putting cuffs on you. Get, go back in your office and shut up, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was like, that was when yeah, you could do that shit. Now now they schools. would be like, they'd call. He was a know. school bucket. Yeah, he was a bucket, definitely. But, I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was these kids oh, the did like six or, six or seven robberies of students in his school. Yeah. And then we cuffed him because it was in the school. He thought he was going to get a little, you know, a little frantic with mm-hmm. us, but it didn't work. That was crazy. When, whenever you're doing a day tour in a two, three, and school's getting out, you're like, "Oh my God, here we go!" Let's go out. Because yeah. there's all these little gang bangers from different schools, different PJs. They had a lot of bloods. They're all in, fighting uh, each other. They had bloods and Latin kings in the, the real bad blood problem in the two, three, and the two, five. They had tons of bloods. Yeah, man. it's it's amazing how when that school gets out. Yeah. Day tours. I hated day tours, but. Well, the best thing was something major happened on a day tour and you were doing a day tour. That's when you really got paid, though. Right? Oh, yeah. Something happened that... Uh, oh, I used, to, like I used to love this. You don't start feeling like shit until uh, a long time later. They're coming in at a quarter to four and they'll only talk to me and my partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. I no, get it. I never did that. that no, was, you didn't do that. That was a couple other guys who used to do that. They I only that. talk to me and my partner. They don't... I used, to, I used to set up my appointments, my purpose to come in. Yo, come in tomorrow at 3.30. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Dennis would come up to me. He used to do DVs. He'd go, yo, Patty, you looking? i go, yeah, tomorrow at 3.30, right? <laughs> so I'm waiting there for the guy. I'm waiting there for the guy, right, to uh-huh. come in, the perp. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy, right? So I call him up. I go... Yo, where you at? He goes, I'm up in PSA 5. Sergeant so-and-so told me to come here because PSA 5 used to have their own DV DV, unit too. But they would go do house checks, they call it, (laughs) but actually they're looking for the perp to poach the collar, right? Uh So I go, dude, get the fuck out of there. I told you to come down here. Come down in the 2-3. So the guy leaves. Somehow he got out of there when the sergeant wasn't around. But was he was he under or he was just he was he wasn't under by them, not yet. Oh, he okay. just got there. Yeah. So he was gonna be under by me. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes down to the two three. So I, I put him in the box. He goes, yeah. yeah. The guy called me up right after I talked to you yesterday. He said to come here first, right? 
So I know what the guy is doing. Yeah, he was trying to poach your car. So I got the guy in the two, three. Now the phone starts blowing off the hook, right? It's the fucking sergeant. This, I forget his name, Hassan or something like that. And he's going, Porteous, what the fuck are you doing? I go, what am I doing? You tried to fucking poach my collar. I poached my collar back off you after you poached it. <laughs> he's like, you fucking asshole. Put me with the fucking boss, right? And Fran was in the office, so. Oh, she probably ripped him. I was, trying, I was trying to transfer the phone, and I kept fucking it up, uh-huh. and I kept hanging up on him. He called back like three times. He goes, you fucking hang up on me one more time. I'm going to fucking write you up and all this shit. So I fucking switched him in there. He, he gave her an earful, and, and she came out. She was like, Patty, what'd you do that for? I go, fuck him. He tried to steal the collar yeah, off yeah. me. You know? But that was a big problem because they wanted, the department didn't give a shit. They just wanted the perp locked up. And they didn't know, the protocol was if a detective has a case on it, it's his case. And you yeah. can't go poaching his collar. But they would do it anyway. Yeah, but the funny thing was, it wasn't like, he was already in the... <laughs> In, in yeah, he was in PSA the interview room. And he told him to leave. <laughs> yeah. Come here. Oh, he was pissed. That sergeant was my, pissed. My first day in the 2-3, I got transferred from the 2-4 rip. And I have the 2-3 rip. I went, got into it with a sergeant from housing. And oh, I yeah. said, rip Rose. case equals we make the arrest yeah. and you stay away. And he was like, who is this fucking guy? Uh-huh. I just got there that day. I started making friends day one. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was funny. What was that? Was that Halloween? Didn't you have a problem on Halloween? Was that you or, or uh, Billy Kylie? What was the case? It was some someone was trying to poach a collar, a couple of collars. Yeah. I forget what it was. You know, it was the two three. We usually we got along with housing because it was a dangerous precinct. You they know, had one guy they had one guy. This guy Dennis, you probably know him, doing domestics, and he would feed everybody. He was so overwhelmed with these cases. He was like, yo, here's two for you, here's two for you. 61s would open, open perps. You're talking on. about from the 2-3, Dennis Sullivan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would feed everybody. Yo, you looking tomorrow? You looking? Yeah, yeah, give me two, you know? Uh-huh. And I would go out, and, or I'd call the guy up. i say, listen, come on in tomorrow at 3.30, and they'd turn that into eight hours, uh-huh. you know? And then somebody else would get on at the same time, so we'd hang out all night. We'd go down to Central Booking together. Come back, get something to eat, you know. Then we'd nice. sleep over, we'd do a day tour the next day, and we grab the second body, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So you turn it into like 16, 20 hours of overtime, you know. How much is that? Uh, it's like got to be two. But let's let's grand. let's make it clear: these were domestic violence cases that they had to be arrested. Must arrest, yeah, yeah, right? It was must. Well, it you was, you weren't inventing the crime. They beat up their you wife can't, or did you can't whatever. Shit can it. No, you can't. They had to be arrested. But up here is a different animal. I see guys up here shit canning stuff, you know? Up in Westchester? Yeah. Well, but in the city, if you <laughs> shit a DV, like an assault too, oh, you sh- dude, you're going to get jammed you up. You could get jammed. That's well, that a was felony. from OJ. Yeah. Now he's got a Twitter yeah. account. Yeah, that's unbelievable. No, domestic violence cases, you don't play with them, man. I, I remember I even, when I would, uh, as a patrol sergeant. Remember the Agos? Oh, aggravated harassment. Agos. As a patrol sergeant, I would go to a DV case, and it would be like a must, be a must arrest, and the cops would be standing around there without their handcuffs on the guy. And I was like, did you guys, like, want to shit can this? And they're like, then Nobody's why'd you call looking. me for? Nobody's yeah, looking. Then why did you call me uh-huh. to the scene? <laughs> Have some balls. Yeah. You want to shit can? Don't call me to the scene. Get, get, put the handcuffs. He's under arrest. I used to love that when cops would do that, you know? Call you to the scene to put your stamp of approval for this shit can. I like, guess what, I, dude? He's getting locked up because you called me here, you know? I had a guy for a robbery one time. <clears throat> he lived over in Taft. So me and another guy go over there to grab him up. So 
I go to the apartment, he's like, hey, can you do me a favor? I didn't tell him that, that he was id that he was going for the robbery. <clears throat> he goes, can you do me a favor? Can you handcuff me to make it look good <laughs> so people ain't thinking I'm snitching? So I go, yeah, all right. Yeah, absolutely. So I handcuff him. I bring him down. We put him in the RMP. We bring him back to the 2-3. Two, and the 2-3's got the cell. It's like right in the middle uh-huh. of the, uh, the squad room. So he's in the cell. Like fucking seven hours later, he goes, hey, Detective Patton, when do I get to leave? <laughs> the whole fucking office cracked up laughing. <laughs> I go, we're going to be leaving in about an hour. <laughs> you get to leave in about two years, two to five. Such a fucking... Oh my God, that was. You know, funny. sometimes oh, it was so. You were really good actor, Detective Pat. Thank you. Sometimes it was so funny what was going on in the two three squad that even the prisoners were laughing, right? Yeah. In the cell, I mean, it was so much funny shit going on. That place on. was a zoo. Oh my man. God, two three. Yeah, it was crazy. There was always stuff going on there, man. It was a great place to work because when streaks, you know, like you would have like a week of. Nothing going Quiet, on. Yeah. And then, like, the next week, the shit hitting the fan. People stabbed, shot, yeah. homicides. Yeah. <clears throat> Something in the air. Full moon. Yeah. It was 90% projects over there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's all projects. Just about. We learned a lot today, man. What did we learn? We learned about uh, Dick Peters. The gu- <laughs> Dick Peters, turd cutters. Grenades. Chief Grenades. Chief Anger. <laughs> And we're we're not to park at one PP. We learned, was, we learned how to t- how to make uh, how to turn what was it the, into a thousand dollars? A DV a DV <laughs> a arrest. Oh, 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 what's he called? Swap and spit. What do you call it? A spitback. Oh, a spitback. Spit I never heard yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I've, I've heard of it, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. I didn't understand why they did That's it. That's what back. it was. I thought man. that was like some kind of sexual thing. No, no, it was way to sell your methadone and get a free. No, that was something else. What was that? What was that? What do call that thing with you with the straw? I don't know. You remember that story? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Thing. What the thing with the straw? straw? It's gross. It's like one of those uh, sexual things. No. Oh, I, I don't one. know those things. I don't know a lot about sex. <clears throat> oh, fuck. Oh, you were in the Navy? <laughs> I was There's never in the Navy. When's the next Gross. operation sale? When the, does the naval officers come back right. into the city? Next, next May. May yeah. So you gotta wait, wait all the way to May. Are you allowed to put your uniform on and go down there and hang out? When yeah. ships come in? Yeah. Since you I were do in it in Walmart a lot too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> down in South Carolina. That's not stolen valor, right? Because you were, you were, you were No, I was in, man. I was in. Oh my god. Which was your favorite navy? Was it the one with the that the thing on the back and the little the tie yeah. here with the white. Yeah. Were you one of the guys in the village people? Were you the naval guy? I like that uniform though. It's just the Cracker Jacks. The throwover. That's you look like a Cracker Jack guy. Yeah, the That's guy. the name of it, Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks? But, but then- it was funny. I'll tell you a quick story. I was, I was coming home from the Navy one time and I was over on 684 uh-huh. on the bottom by White Plains. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I was hitchhiking home. You were hitchhiking in the shower or home? No, I got a ride over to uh, to Manhattan, and then I had to get... I was trying to get home, right? So this is like in the early 80s. Yeah. So this guy picks me up in a van like 2 o'clock in the morning. And were you I, in the uniform? Yeah, I was in the Cracker Jack, okay. right? So he goes, yo, you look good in that in that uh, uniform. Let me see and all this shit. And I'm like... And I had the 13 buttons in the front. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. He go, I go... Because I live like when you get off 684, I'm like 15 minutes in towards. It's a long walk, you know. So I go, 
let's wait till we get to my house, right? <laughs> so he goes, all right, how far in? I go, we're like 15 minutes away, right? So we get in there, right? So I pull into my, I go, it's right over here. We pull into my neighbor's driveway, right? So I get my duffel bag out of the back of the van, and I go around my neighbor's house, and I go through the woods to my house across the street. I'm looking out the window. The guy was there for like a half hour in the driveway He's waiting. before Holy he broke shit, out. Man. I couldn't believe it. That was going to be some dick beaters ready. Uh, that was, <laughs> was going to be some nasty naval sex. <laughs> he was lubing up his turd cutter. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that god. was that was too much. That was scary. This was um, the funniest. Time. We didn't talk a lot of police stuff, man. We, 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 we hit a lot of we lot squeezed of some case, stuff yeah. in there. So there you have it. If, if you're a fan of police off the cuff and you were asking. When uh, Detective Pat was going to be on again, we, we had him today. We had him in rare form. Oh, my God. Wow. I really like the outfit he's wearing, too. I was going to take him for a ride to 684. Oh, today? To go in his neighbor's driveway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that guy's was probably crazy. still thinking about you. Oh, that was a crazy story. I wonder if... He's still probably thinking about you. You know something? Sweet, I wonder. Navy guy. I wonder if all the women that were loving him and with the voice now that they see him in real life and on the video, they're going to still, like, I'm a Detective Pat fan still, you think? Uh, of course. Of course. Do you got a battleship tattoo on your chest? Yeah. Well, <laughs> sound like Joe. <laughs> all right, man. I hate saying this, but... Um, it was a lot of fun today, man. Yeah, we got a lot of fun. Out. Detective Pat, you got any parting words? Uh, Just... Thank you, everybody. Thank you guys for having me again. It you want to give a shout-out to anybody? It was fun. Get a shout-out to anyone? Uh, I'd like to shout-out to Jimmy Reitz. He's a Putnam County judge that passed away on the bench the oh, other yeah, day. Yeah, I heard about that. He's uh, like 57 really, years old. Yeah, right? 57 years old. Really great guy. Really pro-police. Went to all our FOP meetings. Wow. It's a real tragedy. That's, that's Did he have a heart attack? Yeah, he had a heart attack. In court, too. Right on the bench. Yeah. But he was a really nice guy. It's too bad. But, and to all the families of um, the law enforcement officers here in New York City that took their own lives, um, got to pray for them, man, because I know they're all in shock. It's, it's, it hurts the family so, so much. Yeah. And also, uh, if you're a police officer out there um, and you know somebody that you work with that got jammed up or maybe they're going through a divorce, a bad breakup, whatever it is, if they pop into your head when you're off duty, uh, send them a text message, give them a call, reach out to them, um, let them know you're thinking about them, and you might just break a, a pattern of thought. You might just break a pattern of thought and, and keep them alive for another day. So um, don't wait for them to call you. Reach out. Absolutely. Just call to see how you were doing. Are you, want, are you all right? And then or listen to them. Give them a moment. Hear them out. How about you? Like uh, I said, yeah, you're not alone, man. You're not alone. And don't let the temporary thing... Uh, you know, become a permanent thing. And uh, there's people you can reach out to. You can even reach out to us. You know, yeah. you want a couple of laughs. Send the text pad over. Yeah. Put the uniform we'll on, the, the Navy <laughs> uniform on again. We'll take you right up to 684. We'll get the dick, we'll get the dick beaters ready. <laughs> Just don't reach into his potato <laughs> chips <laughs> or his donuts. <laughs> All right. I'm, on behalf of Police Off the Cuff, man, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we're going to go into tour right and now. happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Andrew. Happy birthday, happy Andrew. Birthday. Enjoy. Bye.